animals would be selected by those who knew how to select, just like stock or animal husbandry. The same thing that the American Eugenicist Society and the British ones discussed in their own writings, look into the writings of Cold Harbor. Even got the American Cattlemen's Association in on it to help them plan human breeding. And who funded that? Well, initially it was Carnegie, and then it was the Rockefeller Foundation. And it's still on the go with the CFR today. I'm going to be back with more on this after this break. through the matrix talking about the, this very old plan this very old plan and how people have been ushered into a new system hmm, I'm getting voices on the airwaves here a new system and we find that people no longer see government as something that's there to serve them they really have accepted albeit unconsciously in a sense they never really reason through it they really are there to manage us all that's their purpose like a superior natural group that's just there you're born into it they're there already and that's what they're training us to accept it's so subtle at least in its early phases and now it's on a roll because they truly do believe that most people accept that they're being managed and that's the right role of government I don't mean management just in a few different areas and finances and so on. It's total management. We're going into a world where from birth to grave you'll be monitored, checked, weighed, given countless IQ tests and other tests to find out if you have a good social conscience, what you believe and what you think about other things and other people. They have no inhibitions in any area whatsoever. You must have a harmonious world, you see, by all means possible. And if you, do, if you don't have that, they're going to recondition you, basically, fix that for you by various means. I've also talked about how money itself is nothing more than a tool of the elite to control the masses. You think about the depressions of bygone days. Everything stopped, not because factories disappeared, or labor disappeared, or materials disappeared. It was simply that nothing moved, because money didn't move. Same thing is happening today. It's very difficult for businesses to get the loans in, even for the freighters that carry the goods across the sea. So that everything's working fine, except the money isn't being put out by the banks. And lots of businesses have stopped because of that. Money. It's a tool that we are all trained to believe in, as though some natural thing like gravity. Even though very few people, very few, and even the economists themselves, when they go off into the strange magic they call science, they really understand it. Or why a few families have somehow gained the right to lend numbers to other countries that then print up banknotes. 
Who gave them this authority? When was this done? When was this signed into different governments, policies, or laws? But it's here. It's been here for a long time. Over 50 years ago, John Maynard Keynes and others of the Fabian Society and the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, same thing, decided that they would set up the first plank, the first stage towards a global monetary system to make it easier for these central bankers, who, that these world bankers, to run the central banks more efficiently, make it easier for themselves. Because, see, now we're into the redistribution of wealth, as they called it. That was a communist bank as well. And it means that it's far easier for the central bankers through their International Monetary Fund organization at the United Nations to transfer huge amounts of money across to wherever they want across the world under any guise. It's always to help people. It never really does. But it also makes it easier for them to demand that the countries that, that are going to be the guarantors, and that's you and I, uh, find easy ways to collect that money, the tax money. So they run the taxation systems as well. That's why it's all been done. See, money is a tool. It's a powerful tool we use for helping or punishing. And they're going to be using, using it for both. Even this carbon tax nonsense is all part of the punishment phase. You see, we're animals, supposedly, and you can treat them like Pavlov's dogs. You can give them a few pennies here and there when they're being very good and withdraw the money if they're being bad. Social approval, social disapproval for political purposes and political thoughts. But Maynard Keynes at the Bretton Woods Agreement when they set up what was from World War II to the present the, the currency system that we've all been running on said in his own writings and I've read them on the air from his own book he said this is only the first half of the plan the next phase would be international and he said he himself he was quite right and he said we and I he says will not see this happen in our lifetime well he's gone now and here it is second part's coming in this is from the telegraph it says the G20 moves the world a step closer to a global currency the world this world is a step closer to a global currency backed by a global central bank you see that's what it was the, the Bretton Woods agreement was to do set up a world bank with a front organization. The front organization, International Monetary Fund, is a group of guys who represent the bankers and their loans. It's a place to meet for those who are going to be the guarantors, that's your presidents and prime ministers, with you signed down as collateral. You're the guarantors. As the second part of Bretton Woods, it says, running monetary policy for all humanity, and this is from the 7th of April, 2009. This is, in effect, the G20 leaders have activated the IMF's power to create money and begin global quantitative easing. That means inflation. In doing so, they're putting a de facto world currency into play. It's outside the control of any sovereign body. It says conspiracy theorists will love it. It's been a good summit for the IMF fighting fund for crisis is to be 
tripled overnight to 750 billion. Well, they've gone beyond that. They gave them a trillion, I believe. So this is real money. This is Dominique Strauss-Kahn, the managing director, said in February that the world was already in depression. Well, no kidding. It's great, it's great to have experts, isn't it? To tell you. Right? This is and risk a slide into social disorder and military conflict. That's all part of that RAND scenario and the military uh, think tanks 30 years of strife. This is unless political leaders resorted to massive stimulus. So there's blackmail as well. If we don't get this cash, this is what's going to happen. He has not won everything he wanted. His spending plan was fudged while Gordon Brown talked of $5 trillion in global stimulus by 2010. This is mostly made up of package already underway. But Mr. Strauss can at least has resources fit for his own task. He will need them. The IMF is already bailing out Pakistan, Iceland, Latvia, Hungary, Ukraine, Belarus, Serbia, Bosnia, and Romania. This week, Mexico became the first G20 state to ask for help. It has secured a precautionary credit line of $47 billion. Who do you think is funding all this? Remember again, the redistribution of wealth. Did you know, all your listeners out there, that you are the wealthy ones? You didn't know that, did you? Well, now you do. That's what the UN meant by that. Gordon Brown said it took 15 years for the world to grasp the nettle after a great crash in 1929. This time, I think people will agree that it has been different, he said. I'm sure he's smug when he said it too. Because it's all planned that way. President Barack Obama was less dramatic. I think we did okay, he said. Bretton Woods in 1944 was a simpler affair. You see, they bring up the same terms I'm bringing up, because they know what it meant. Just Roosevelt and Churchill sitting in a room with a brandy. That's an easy negotiation. But that's not the world we live in. He's missing out Mr. Baruch and others who were also present at the time. There will be $250 billion in trade finance to kickstart shipping after lenders cut back on letters of credit after September's heart attack in the banking system. Global trade volumes fell at an annual rate of 41% from, na- from November to January according to Holland's CPB Institute, the steepest peacetime fall on record. Then it says euphoria swept emerging markets. Yet now emerging markets are, are the countries they've decided to bring up to a certain level, just the same way as they started with China not too long ago. Because the West created China. And through GATT and different treaties of the West with the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank, you know the negotiations, acting like lawyers and bankers, we financed China, modern China, into being, and to be also the manufacturer for the whole planet. Now we have to do it to other countries. So euphoria split the markets, blah, 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 as IMF boost circulated investment now know that countries like Mexico can arrange a credit uh, facility able to cope with major shocks and do so on supportive terms rather than the hair-shirt deflation policies of the old IMF. Fear is receding again. The Russians had hoped their idea to develop SDRs as a full reserve currency to challenge the dollar would make its way on the agenda, but at least they got a foot in the door. There's now a world currency in waiting, a 
wiped out in a few months, by the way. In time, SDRs are likely to evolve into a parking place for the foreign holdings of central banks led by the People's Bank of China. Beijing moved this week to offer $95 billion in yuan currency swaps to developing economies to show how fast China aims to break dollar dependence. And again, they go on about quantitative easing. It's like a banker who's got gas and he's moving around in his chair a lot. It actually means inflation. But that's really what's going on. It's all a plan because the G20 didn't decide this. The bureaucrats before them did it all. They designed the papers. Back with more after these messages. Genesis talked about people. They, they went one step further than Plato. I mean, Plato was still thinking of breeding people like farm animals and mating a, a particular height of male with another type for tall people to pick apples, etc. And short people would be bred with short people to get little squat guys that would be strong, good miners and stuff like that. But the eugenic societies talked and actually altering our biochemistry at one point. Julian Huxley, the brother of Aldo Huxley, and I've read his articles on the area's books, he also talked about doing this, and uh, he agreed with his brother that they could also drug the public as well. But bioengineering the people to suit the masters, you see, this is the whole idea. Everything that's done in society is to suit the masters, but it's always done under the guise of helping you. And it's interesting to to see the effects down through the last 50 years. I've gone through this before about the autism rate shooting up. In the last, oh, 10, 15 years, uh, people have suddenly started to become obese. That didn't happen before, not on that scale. And I know people who are experts in obesity. And they all agree that people cannot tolerate or handle the new sugars that are out there, these artificial sweeteners and all the rest of it. They can't handle the oils that are in everything, these altered oils, etc. And the body stores this stuff up as carbohydrates, and it cannot break it down once it's stored up, can't utilize it. It stays there. But we'll never get told the truth, you see, because there's an agenda underway. And it falls in with the drugging of people, the mandatory drugging of people. Remember what Aldo Huxley said, he says, what's wrong with drugging people to make them happy? What he meant was peaceful and contented. That's what he really meant, manageable. And we have watched the health services exactly as Lenin said, all the services become authorities. That was the idea of setting them up in the first place. And now it's law all over the place. You've got your children vaccinated with all these different um, concoctions which I'm going to go into later and tell you what's in them. And it's done by lobbyists through the big pharma companies and vaccine manufacturers as we get altered, altered to suit the system that's coming in. This is from the Telegraph on the 7th of April 2009. It's also in the Wise Up Journal. 
I'll give links to both at the end of the show. Mass drugging suggested to halt Britain's obesity crisis. Hyperactivity drug could help solve Britain's obesity crisis. Drugs used to treat hyperactive children, such as Ritalin, that's an amphetamine, you see. Speed, we usually get locked up for taking speed. Now the mandate you take it. Could be used to help solve Britain's obesity crisis, as new research has shown one in three severely obese adults who fail to lose weight have undiagnosed attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. It's amazing how they wrap it all together. I've got uh, tapes here and videos of of the psychiatrists when they had their annual meeting to, to put down new diseases, tried to, the guy at the top of the attention deficit disorder trying to explain it. He was here for about an hour trying to explain it. He couldn't say it was an actual disorder at all. But that doesn't stop them drugging most of the children who fidget a bit. So doctors behind the latest finding, doctors, experts right away. See, you know, just, all I have to say now is doctors. Behind the latest findings claim a chemical imbalance in the brain, something that they've never proven either. It's one of their theories for all mental illness. Caused by undiagnosed ADHD prevents severely obese people from having the willpower to lose weight. So willpower, you know, in psychiatry, it's, 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 they tell you so many lies because in psychiatry they will tell you there's no such thing as willpower. There's only the motivation to do or not to do. Motivation. It's different from willpower. And they claim once a condition has been treated with drugs such as Ritalin, it improved, they claimed, of course, and says their dieting success dramatically. Almost one in four people in Britain are now obese. It's shot up, skyrocketed. But you know, that's when the GM food came in big time too. And all the stuff they eat now and the processed stuff has got so many things in it, including these altered sugars, these, these artificial sugars. Official statistics show and research suggests the figure could rise to one in three by 2012 because of poor diet and sedentary lifestyles. Well, they've taught them all to sit there in front of the computer and watch TV as well. Dr. Lance Levy from the Nutritional Disorders Clinic in Toronto studied 242 severely obese patients who had failed to lose weight in 10 years. Each patient was screened but for ADHD. It's amazing, eh? You come in with obesity and they screen you for ADHD. <laughs> Through a series of tests and interviews, results showed 32% had a diagnosis of ADHD. We'd all have that, you know. We'd all have that. Poor tested. Because they'll keep lowering the standards. That's like high blood pressure. Blood pressure back in the 60s and for many, many years before it had been 100 plus your age, over 100. And then, of course, that wasn't very profitable, so they kept dropping it every few years until it's much, much, much lower. So they can flog their pills. Interesting with the pills, too. You have good long-term memory, but no emotions attached to them. It eradicates the memory of events. Back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, reading an article from the Telegraph. And I keep hearing someone's voice coming in the phone on the line. However, I'll get back to it. And um, it's also in the Wise Up Journal that now they want to give amphetamines to people who are obese. And you know, eventually down the road, they're going to run us all like this by law. It says here, Dr. Lance Levy from the Nutritional Disorders Clinic in Toronto studied 242 severely obese patients who had failed to lose weight in 10 years. Each patient was screened for ADHD through a series of tests and interviews. Results showed 32% had a diagnosis of ADHD. As I say, I've listened to the top guy on this, the guy who came up with it. He couldn't even define it. They were then prescribed anti-hyperactivity drugs, including Adderall, a type of amphetamine, and a Ritalin-style pill called Concerta, taken once a day. After a year of treatment, those given the drugs had lost an average of 12% of their total body weight compared to 2.7% of those not given medication. Volunteers also reported feeling calmer. It says, people with ADHD are more likely to develop weight problems than those without it. But obesity itself doesn't cause ADHD. Growing numbers of adults are being diagnosed with effects including low energy levels and impulsive behavior. Everyone's been tinkered with. But they won't look at what's happened in the 50 years since it all started. It's very simple. All inoculations started. All inoculations, mandatory. And then they went and altered our food. GMO. With thousands of foreign genes put into a simple leek or potato. And they won't tell you why. The National Obesity Forum welcomed new therapies but said it was too early to say all obese patients should be screened for ADHD, which means they want us all to be screened for it. Too early yet, but it will come. And from there, I want to go into, I want to put this link up at the end of the show as well, as to do with what's in the vaccines. And is this official stuff of what's in all these vaccines? It's from informed choice. All the stuff from the the gelatin, the aborted fetal tissue. This is all from the sources, the companies that make this stuff. Formaldehyde, thimerosal, which is mercury, and all the other stuff this in it, that they print their concoctions, the witches brew that they then inject into the babies, and they want to do it to us all through our lives now. They want to update us all the time and give us, as adults, not just boosters, but more and more and more shots and the boosters all through your lives. And who pushes this? Well, the lobby groups that work for the big pharma, but don't kid yourself, they're separate from this big world agenda. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. So I'll put this particular informed choice link up as well. And then to go on to... I've got other people on my line here. It's not my end. And uh, this is from the Daily Mail. 
the second. Hi, I'm still on. This is Alan here. Yeah, we've got a new line, so hopefully I don't get the two people who were buttoning and talking. But this is from the Daily Mail, and it's also again on Wise Up. This is from the 2nd of April. Boys to be injected with notoriously dangerous cervical cancer jab by Daniel Martin. Why boys need a jab for cervical cancer, only then will girls be totally protected, say experts. Boys should be vaccinated against the sexual infection which causes cervical cancer because so few girls have had the jab that protects against it, say campaigners. This, had to, this is the way they've lined it up. You see. They won't be happy to get injected for everything. But remember, this one they're talking about is not guaranteed to work. And it's not guaranteed, if it does work, to work on more than three of the viruses out of hundreds. It says, ministers want all girls, this is, this is like politicians when they say ministers. It's interesting to use that term, isn't it, in Europe? Ministers want all girls between the age of 12 and 18 to be given the jab over the next three years, but the latest figures show only 73% of girls aged 12 and 13 had received the first two of the doses of the vaccine by this January. Among 17 and 18-year-olds, the other group to be targeted so far in the government's campaign, only 22% have had two doses, largely because it's harder to reach girls when they have left school. That was, yeah, it's out of their control then, isn't it? It's all about control. There have also been concerns over possible side effects. There's no possibility we've had the, the, the side effects reported already. Dr. Anne Sharuski for Cancer Research UK said widespread immunity can only be guaranteed. What a lie. As I say, in its own products, Gardasol tells you that it only maybe work for three of the viruses out of hundreds. The boys between age and 12, 12 and 18 are also vaccinated. A program which would cost 600 billion pounds. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, it's wonderful when you can get your pals in government to just lobby them, you know, take them out for a meal and drop something under the table and get it all passed, eh? Speaking at a women's health conference in London, reported in GP magazine, she said it was very likely that boys would be vaccinated sometime down the line. Of course, it's on the list. They probably have the date and time in the year all marked out like everything else is. Dr. Sarowski of the Wilson Institute of Preventive Medicine said giving both sexes the jab would boost uptake by removing the stigma. <laughs> so it's political as well. You think. This was especially true among ethnic minorities where there can be pressure not to vaccinate girls against a sexually transmitted infection. Professor John Oxford, a virology expert at St. Bart's Hospital in London, said, with HPV, we should do both sexes and get them early. Ah, what a world, eh? What a world. It's such a joke. And to continue with uh, this article, um, on the 14th to the 12th, 2008, going back about in Daily Mail, no sight of a 12-year-old girl paralyzed after being given cervical cancer jab. Twelve-year-old girl has been left paralyzed from the waist down by a mystery illness that came on half an hour after she was given a new anti-cervical cancer jab, according to reports. Ashley Cave, 12, has been bed-bound in Alder a Children's Hospital since having a cervical cancer jab in October. In America, where a vaccination program using Gardasil, a similar product began more than a year ago, there have been dozens of, and hundreds, actually, of serious adverse events 
reported, which uh, a link to the jabs is suspected, they included 30 deaths in addition to cases of Guillain-Barr syndrome, an autoimmune disease that can cause paralysis. Mrs. Cave said it. At first they tried to tell us she was imagining it because she was being bullied. It's amazing when you go in with complaints, eh? because these quacks, these, these quacks are not kidding you, and that's what they are, the quack. They believe whatever they're told by the companies. Uh, they'll, they'll say it's in your head, even though you, you can't even walk. But they'll tell you it's in your head, rather than believe that their wonder drugs are, are doing this to people. But it's really amazing, as I say, so I'll put this link up as well and let you all have a look at it. And there's been a lot more uh, unfortunate side effects since then, of course. They won't tell the public the whole truth until for about 20 years. That's pretty standard. Same with Valium when it came out. They'd already tested it. They set up a laboratory in the Middle East, and they knew it was addictive very quickly. So they wrote up masses of propaganda and really financed it into being Doctors were getting lots of holidays abroad for pushing the stuff. And for 25, 30 years, people in emergency, the emergencies could see people coming in who were having massive convulsions, trying to get off it. Physically addicted. They kept saying that too. It was all in their head. Physically addicted. And, and it leaves itself down in the long bones. It can take five years to get rid of Amazing drugs, eh? But you see, we are just basically the material, and we can be shaped in any direction. That is the socialist policy, all based on Darwin and Pavlov, the wonderful Pavlov. They can create the new man by using pharmacy and lots of other techniques. Now it's in the genetics, too, of course, step by step by step. We never really learn. Uh, we've got Z from New York there. You there, Z? Hey, Alan. How are you? I'm hanging in here. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. I mean, you know, as, as good as you can be. Just uh, that's about it. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, every day, you know, it just uh, gets weirder and weirder. I mean, I can't believe how strange things are getting. But you're doing a good job, man. Thanks for doing the show. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so all we can do is just say things like we are, and. Um, at least all we have, I think, is the fact that there are people out there who haven't been totally lobotomized or totally put under the indoctrination process till they can't think clearly. And maybe they haven't won all of us yet. That's the only thing that's up against them. And I'm oh, sure that really ticks them off, too, you know. Yeah, they're slowly, though, uh, you know, just I see more and more people kind of just falling down and taking it and yes. starting to believe things and... I mean, people you'd never think about, like, they would buy certain things, like, they would, they would actually buy certain stories as fact, and then mm -hmm. you just have to explain to them and start from the beginning, and then they think you're crazy, and you just got to deal with it kind of in your head, you know? Yes, you do. But I wanted to ask you a quick question. Um, mm -hmm. Did you hear anything about the case? Uh, you know, you reported a little bit about that uh, Irish gentleman who made the movie uh, Ripple Effect, 7-7 yeah. Ripple Effect. Yeah. I think he's Irish. Well, he's actually from England, but he's living in Ireland, yeah. Yeah, do you know, I know he's been, has he been deported? Do you know anything about that? Because there's really no information that I can find about he, that. He, he, the, um, they did put him in prison in Ireland. I think he's allowed uh, at, least, at least one appeal. 
before they, they pull him off over to Westminster in, in, in England. And um, then, of course, it's going to be the anti-terrorism court, I think, that's going to try him. Uh, so literally putting out a video, it's amazing too. See, the Irish judge was, and I read the report too, the Irish judge was sent lots of, vid- of videos by people during that case with, when, when John was being tried. In other words, they were also doing what John had done. Yes. And I don't think anybody's ever been charged for, for trying to interfere or subvert the course of justice. Yes. So maybe yeah, that, can, yeah, that in itself can be a precedent that... that uh, that uh, if they got off with it, so we should John. Yes. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I think you'll have some extra work to do tonight because the feed over here in New York, your feed, yeah. uh, there's, there's uh, breaks and uh, you can actually hear people breathing in the line. And, and, and oh, that's right. what I was getting on here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you might actually have some extra work to do, you know. I uh, know. I know. I'll have to try and edit it out. Uh, but, yeah, I had a, a man and a woman uh, uh, talking on the line on really? and off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you're doing a fine work, and uh, I just wanted to let you know that I'm sending another check soon. So, uh, That's appreciated. But, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing. And also, I wanted to say hi to everybody out there. I know that there are people who are listening who are interested in this kind of stuff. So, you know, yes. I'll uh, let you be. Thanks a lot, Alan. Thanks for calling. And there's uh, Sean in Indiana. Or was it Idaho, was it? Yeah, how you doing, Alan? How are you? I'm uh, doing, doing well, thanks. Um, long time uh, from calling in, but, you know, what, what prompted me was, uh, oh, that gal from Vancouver, you know, saying that it's good to people, you know, on the line and other people that are awake and yes. so I'd g- give a shout in. But, you know, you talk to uh, Kessler and Ghost in the Machine and, and the lobotomized public and... Mm-hmm. You know, it's incredible, like you like you've said though, that, that, that how 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 they're just seeing this new world order, this next phase coming, and mm-hmm. people just continue on with their American Idol or sports or whatever else they're doing, and yeah. not really paying attention. But um, kind of one of the things that I've been really pondering the last couple of months after talking to a fellow uh, sentient being in in the UK was that he asked me, you know, why am I awake here and now? Mm-hmm. You know what? What is the purpose in you know understanding this this great agenda, this big agenda that they have, and and, and what I'm to do? And I, you know, I, I still don't have a complete answer. I just know what I have. Um, but you know, my question for you, I I I, I don't seen. I've I've heard several reports from around the world of 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 governments actually paying these immigrants now to go home. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've come across that and, and what thoughts are on that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're paying them I do know that a lot of them were actually leaving voluntary as well because we're going down. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's another. I, I've talked to some people who are, who are doing that and moving back to their countries because uh, mm-hmm. they see where it's going here. Yeah. yeah. It's sad, isn't it? Isn't, isn't it really, really? I mean, immigrants don't want to stay. They want to go back. <laughs> oh, I know. You know, people, for, you know, uh, Mexican people from the U.S. are leaving because there's no work here. Yeah. I mean, literally everyone, I, I mean, I have several family members that are out of, you know, it's just in, incredible. Yes. And, but, and they've uh, told us yesterday, they've told us that uh, the impact of this won't hit us for another 18 months. Yeah. And 
you can remember when they started off this bailout package with 750 billion or something, they've gone over a trillion already. And it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's in the trillions now, and they're keeping billing them out. This is guaranteeing perpetual slave, slave, uh, slavery for maybe a, a 200 generations. Oh, I, I totally agree. And, and yeah, I mean, my, my grandchildren and their children, mm-hmm. yeah, they're all going to be on the hook for this. But yeah. But hang on, and uh, we'll talk about that when this break is over. Of the, for the for the British East India Company and 
you know, so these greenies, they don't even know who they're following. They don't. They don't. They're like the, the hypnotized children following the Pied Piper, and they mm-hmm. can't think for themselves. They can only repeat their downloads, and yeah. uh, and they believe in it. They question nothing about their download. Yeah. Hey, before I forget, I wanted to say, you know, you know, thank you for the the energy that you put into this, you know, because I know that when I come across somebody that that's that's you know half you know starting to wake up that that you know it has open ears and they want to hear and they want to listen and I start laying this agenda out and and how how big and how how all-encompassing it is. It takes a lot of energy, so I appreciate the energy that you put into this. Well, it's, uh, it does take it out of you, but we've got to keep trying. That's all we can do. But thanks for calling in. And okay. for Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.